Welcome to episode 232 of the FPL Surgery Podcast. We are recording on Monday the 22nd of November 2021 and the game week's just ended yesterday. And as always, I'm here with Josh. How's it going, Josh? Evening, mate. All good, thank you. Yourself? Another great game week? Yeah, well, don't spoil that bit, but yeah, no, I I might sound a bit happier than than normal. Um, (laughs) What was it? You're You're going strong at the moment, for sure. For, for now, for now, I won't. I won't be too smug about it though, because uh, we got and we got a lot to get through this week on we the have, pod. Yeah. The headlines this week: Is it time to go five at the back, midfielders and strikers? So I, I know they're not that original. In particular, basically, it's just defenders, midfielders, and strikers. But I think there's going to be a lot of questions about what formation to go for. Obviously, one of those positions is outscoring strikers, for example. So I think there are going to be some good topics and good debate. And we've got a brilliant guest on today. Um, We've actually been trying to get this guest on for for a while now. Um, But I believe he was busy doing his PhD. And this week's guest, of course, he's Norwegian. Um, He's got a brilliant, consistent record. Welcome to the podcast, Sigurd. How's it going, Sigurd? Hi, hi. Thanks. Thanks for the great introduction. It's it's great to be here and I'm just happy happy uh to be invited and beyond uh and excited to talk about FPL with you guys. Yeah, no, we're we're really excited to have you on as well. Um we had a lot of people recommending you like we want Sigurd on. You know, you're really into your analytics, aren't you? The analytics side of FPL. Yeah, yeah. I guess we're like we're like a sub community on the FPL Twitter, uh people who are very into stats and and models and that kind of thing. So I'm not I'm not one of the people that uh, that uh, I don't have my own model that I uh, make and maintain. But but I'm very interested in in those things, like partly for the sake of it, but but mostly for for what it uh, what it can do for us and and FPL. So do you look at other people's models that they put together, or is it more you just look at the the underlying data and stats? Yeah, so I I look a lot at, at FPL reviews, uh, massive data model. Uh, so that's like a point prediction uh, model um, with uh, lots of feature and it's uh, features and it's it's just very very advanced and one of the like predictively strongest models uh, available, probably the uh, uh, strongest uh, uh, model predictively speaking. Um, and uh but i'll also look at like uh uh models that my my twitter friends uh make like kiwi and simon and and uh we rogue uh, and uh yeah other other guys there too just do a great job of, of like modeling modeling uh fpl points or or like fpl relevant things like team strengths uh and uh yeah, but I also look at at stats myself, like at FB Ref, go uh, uh, <laughs> digging deep into like goalkeeper stats, so like shots, number of shots conceded, and XG per shot uh, conceded, and that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, that that was something I was trying to look into last week because obviously, like like many, I had Sanchez who was sent off, and I started looking at goalkeeper stats i must admit i didn't really know what i was looking at like i was looking at you can see which goalkeepers have let in more xg than they should and and vice versa but mm. i mean outside of that I, yeah i didn't really know what i was looking at if i'm honest compared to outfield players no i mean a goalkeeper selection is the worst it really is so um because it's 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 just there's like there's just more more variance in 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 what they get 
Um, and, but I was like, I think like the most important thing is to just to look at the basics, like how often uh, they are likely to keep a clean sheet. So like XG conceded or if, especially if you remove penalties is a is a good thing to look at but then you can try to get into the nitty gritty and try to predict predict like how many how many saves they'll get uh, per game and if it if it's a uh, better than average that's a small consideration in favor of a of a goalkeeper yeah yeah no so I, that's why i just froze in the end and decided not to do not to do anything um no but awesome thank you very much and we we're, we're getting to get into the headlines shortly um i just wanted to say well, obviously, people are going to be listening to this as a podcast, not on YouTube. Um, we will be getting YouTube back up and running really, really soon. I'm just trying to educate myself on doing it because obviously trying to do it and while it's live, trying to host a podcast. Um, I've never done that before. So we will be back. We'll have all the fantasy football hub, you know, stats tables and stuff back on YouTube soon. Um, and if you want to access fantasy football hub, you can always go to the link in the description. And yeah, let's let's get straight into our, how our game weeks were, actually. Should we start with you, Josh? The and worst, then we build up. Worst one first, <laughs> yeah. Build up, in, build up in score from there. Um, it wasn't a horrendous game week, but it, it wasn't uh, one to remember either. So uh, 67 points, uh, small red arrow for me. Um, so in terms of my moves, what I did, uh, I had two free transfers, um, which I kept for the international break. So I took out Ben Rama, uh, finally, and Lukaku. <laughs> who, yeah, he, he, he took, took a while to get rid of him as well. Um, and I brought in Son and Callum Wilson. Um, so I was I was very high on Kane um, when we potted last um, with Mark. Um, but I just tried so many ways to get him in. And I just couldn't find a way, uh, a downgrade that enabled me to go um, Lukaku to Kane that I liked. Um, so I ended up going Sun and, you know, then it, it, it enabled me to strengthen my team rather than weaken my team. Um, Captain Salah. Um, yeah, that's me, really. After the pod last week, obviously we recorded the pod and then we had a little chat with me, you and Mark afterwards. And basically when we left that call, um, it sounded like we were all going to get pookie. There was, there was a pact, but. <laughs> I, I the, the move that I would have done that would have enabled so what what it would have been it would have been Tony and um Tony and Lukaku to Pookie and Kane and that's what I was looking at and it just felt wrong I just feel like I've literally had blank after blank after blank from Tony and I, I just can't jump off a player when I feel like he owes me um and i felt going into the game week that brentford um after losing against norwich were going to change something i said to a mate actually i've got a feeling they're going to change formation a little bit more and um and instead of it being you know tony essentially being like the target man and, and buemo playing off of him i feel like they're going to play a little bit differently and actually it's going to be more that Tony's the focal point of the attack in terms of he's the one getting the chances and it actually is what they did they went from a 3-5-2 to a 3-4-3 um, and I'm really confident in Tony now I think um, he's definitely a hold um, I think the next four are all fairly decent fixtures Everton, Tottenham, Leeds, Watford so 
yes, Pookie banged, but Tony scored, so it wasn't a big a big swing in that sense. And both Sun and Kane blanked anyway. Yeah, no, you still still a still a great week. It only cost you a couple, literally a couple of points because you because you kept yeah. Tony. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yes, so Sigurd, if we move on to you, you had a, a very good game week. Yes, I did. Uh, I was happy. I got uh, 81 points, um, Captain Sala. Uh, and so what were my transfers? Yeah, so the, the, I uh, I bought uh, Son, um, sold sold Havertz to get Son. This mm-hmm. was pretty much planned the moment I, I, I bought Havertz because I saw that uh, like his, his run of, like good fixtures and the fixtures where he was likely to to start up front and and play uh, have many minutes. Uh, that was the time when Son's fixtures turned good, and so this was uh, like a soft planned uh, several weeks ago. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, I got points from from uh, Reese James, uh, Cancelo. Uh, Trent, like everyone else, I guess, and then I had Tony uh, scored, so that's good. And then Foster got the assist, uh, which made me really happy. <laughs> I, c- I couldn't believe that when I when I saw the the goaler that pop up. Um, I mean, first of all, the first shock I had was just the fact Man United were losing four one, but then yeah. to check the assist and it's yeah Ben Foster is something special. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I I was on vacation in Berlin uh, this last week, so I and I was out and didn't see any of the didn't see any of the games. So I was just like watching my live feed and then looking at this result and then looking at who scored because I didn't really think that I could get any attacking returns. Like the moment Watford conceded a goal, I was like, ah, that's <laughs> over. But then I like, oh, did what? <laughs> that, that, it's it's just such a rare occurrence that keepers get uh, an assist in this game. But yeah, uh, I was happy happy with my uh, happy with my game week. Uh, only only thing was that Diaz didn't didn't show up, um, and so now he's a problem that I have to deal with at some point. I thought he was I thought he was like pretty pretty much nailed to play every every game week and now he's missed two games um the last five or whatever uh so that's not that's not very encouraging uh for him but yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't worry too much about it i think you know they got psg on wednesday night it's clear as day they don't want to go into that game against the likes of messi with no diaz and he's just didn't want to get didn't want him picking up an injury or something um, no, you know, against oh, true. Uh, Everton. I, I, it's I just was, like I, uh, if you compare with last season, he just played so many yeah. minutes, and and he would play like midweek, weekend, uh, all the time. Um, but, I guess, I guess it, he's not like he's not a big problem. That no, and and, and, right and the away. thing is, is is was weirdly enough after he's had his rest. Not only, I mean, you know, you almost should really feel more inclined to keep him because then you should ho- have a a run now without any more rests. Um, fixtures are great. I mean, yes, compared to the likes of Chilwell, James, Trent and Cancelo, he's a bit dull, but I wouldn't say personally he was a, uh, do you know what I mean? If he, if he's your biggest issue in your team, you're in a, you're in an amazing place, right? 
Yeah, I know. I've, I've been, I've been in a, like my team has been looking good every, every game week, the last, uh, last few weeks. So I've been only doing like these luxury transfers and uh, like Rafinha, I sold Rafinha to buy uh, Jota, you know, it's, it's kind of the state of things. So, so, and I, I, to begin with, I've been very high on, on DS, but that's sort of the premise uh, for my confidence in him is, is confidence in his minutes. Right. So, so it, it's, he's now a minor, minor problem. Nothing. Yeah. More. I, yeah. I agree with you there, Sigurd, because I guess part of what you're paying for, or most of what you're paying for, because he doesn't have much attacking the threat is the fact that he's going to mm. you know, play it, play every game like he did last season. That's, I think that's why people pay so much for what is it? He's a pretty boring player to own. Yeah, like if you're watching a Man City game, you want some kind of you want some kind of return for for like the, paying that much for a central uh, central defender. Uh, yeah, but I think it's good what, what you said too, Josh. I mean, I, I, I you don't want to exaggerate. It's not like an acute problem that I have to deal with in, immediately. So yeah, my week. I mean, it was pretty incredible actually. Very lucky. Um, I got I got ninety points. My transfers. I ended up. I, I was struggling with what to do for quite a while because I had two free transfers. I had to use one. I looked at doing the goalkeeper switch, but I just ended up keeping keeping Sanchez and Foster. And I really wanted to get Jota in. So I ended up doing, I moved in Bremo to Jota. And then I just had to decide if I'd downgrade Antonio or if I'd downgrade Tony. I ended up downgrading Tony. I, I don't know if I regret it because I went all the way down to Davis um, but the thing was, I had two transfers, like I guess like Sigurds was saying, there was luxury transfers that I've been able to do the last couple of weeks. So if I have to upgrade Davis again, back up to someone after another downgrade, for example, Son in a few weeks, I can do that. So, I, I, I mean, I've got a couple of subs on the bench. I still don't like having Davis over Christmas because obviously the, what's been big for me in the last few weeks has been the defenders that everyone seems to you know, be, be looking to get like James uh, Cancelo, Chilwell. But there's still that risk of rotation over Christmas. And if it happens in the same week, it could be painful. So I've downgraded to Davis for now, but I might be looking to upgrade again very, very soon. Just the the lure of Jota was too strong. So, yeah, so I'm up to 22K and I'm, I'm delighted after last season. Um, so let, anyway, let's let's get into the, the headlines. So our very first headline, is it time to go big at the back? Now, I mean, we had so many questions on this particular topic. We had um, FPL Salamo. Are you handicapping yourself if you don't have Trent, Cancelo, James, plus Chua or Rudiger? Mark's asked, is big at the back non-negotiable? Sigurd, if we, if we come to you first of all, um, I mean, how do you feel about these these premium premium defenders? Because um, you've got four yourself, haven't you? But obviously one of them, one of them being Diaz. Yeah, I love them uh i i i mean i i probably in in like past seasons i've more often played with like four at the back and and like uh, quite a bit of money in my defense um than like the the average uh, fpl manager uh and this season they're like they're just great <laughs> so you know play play defenders uh i mean i think yeah, you probably want some some kind of mix there. So I think like at least one of the Chelsea wingbacks, <laughs> and then Trent and Can, uh, Cancelo. You, those are the defenders like you really really want. And then <clears throat> how you fill out that like fourth spot, uh, or if you go uh, to the fifth spot, I'm not I'm. 
I I don't have any like really strong feelings about how how you should do that. Um, but that's already quite big at the back, you know. So uh, yeah, I think right now I was I was so happy owning DS uh, before the benching, as I just said earlier. Uh, but now like if i'm if i'm selling him it would be for another good defender like chelwell or uh regulon or uh someone like that so it would be a pre- a premium one yeah yeah like premium or semi premium even even rudiger is still a consideration for me just like having it, i don't know quite how nailed chilwell and and james are when we get to the uh, busy schedule ahead of us so yeah yeah awesome awesome and what, what about yourself josh you're obviously you're playing three at the back aren't you at the moment yeah so i've um i've got trent cancello and chilwell i mean you know if you go in three you're either going that or trent cancello james i think really that's i i just I wildcard when I wildcarded, I, I strongly consider going four at the back. Um, but four at the back was either I personally don't like playing the game of essentially like a hybrid team where you've got um, you know a lot, a lot of money on the bench with an Abuemo or an ESR or a, a whoever it may be or or Pookie in your case, Rich. You know I I, I personally prefer to get all the money on the pitch and go fairly budget on in terms of your bench. So going four at the back for me would either seen me going two 4.5 midfielders, which I hate, or would have seen me having a Keenan Davis up front. Um, and so essentially my only real bench player that I'm, I'm willing to, to use would be one defender. Um, and I just wouldn't cover the benchings of Cancelo, you know, Chilwell, James, etc. I'm sat with, with like I said, Trent Cancelo, Chilwell, and White and Livermento, and I, I just, I just feel like going into this period, specifically this ten game week run of, of, of you know, over the festive period, <clears throat> we know we're going to see a lot of rotation. I like having those two on the bench in, in white and livermento they rotate really well um they can also cover the occasional week if you've got a player who picks up their fifth yellow card or picks up a little niggling injury or is ill or whatever um or uh, and and equally i feel that they are the best subs you know the, the sort of 4.5 4 million defenders um to come in when cancello and chilwell you know, no doubt get their rest. That's why I like it. I'm not by any means saying that any of those four picks, you know, that the, the classic four of Trent Cancelo, Chilwell and James is not an, an absolute elite FPL pick at the moment. They are incredible, all of them. Um, but for me right now, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying that structure. Um, and I like the flexibility it gives, you know, over the festive period, really. You're right about they make they make the best subs. Like you know, there's so many four, four, well, four and a half million especially the players that you could have. And I'm sure if we could have 15 players, and let's say we could only have one striker spot and we could pick like nine defenders or something, maybe not nine. But you see what I'm saying? If you could choose what position they were in, you'll probably have a lot more than five defenders because mm-hmm. they are the best subs. And it seems to be at the moment they're the obviously the, the best players to have. Yeah, but I think it doesn't also- weeks like this. Um, 
make you wish you'd gone bigger at the back? Um, I think, obviously, you know, it's easy in hindsight to say yes. Um, but I think that, you know, I, I prefer them, as like I said, as, as subs also, I feel like their, their points are easier to predict, you know sort of an, a, a who should I play in Buemo or ESR, for example, is a lot harder a decision than, you know, who should I have first sub white or Livramento. If you're really struggling, you just go to the clean sheet odds um, and look at the percentages, you know. Um, I think, you know, that's, that's like right now, yeah, they're looking, they're looking amazing, those, the, 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 those four, Trent, Cancelo, Chilwell and James. I just think that, when we get into the depth of Christmas is when it will start to become a bit more of an issue because they will get their rests and we will see Alonso and Aspi playing a little bit, you know, it's, it's inevitable. Tuchel rotates, you know, a lot. I don't know so much if it will be Cancelo. Um, I think the way that he's playing at the moment, the lack of De Bruyne, I think they rely on him for creativity. One second, were you going to say something there? Yeah, no, I, I just didn't get the sort of a, why you why you dislike having an Mbumo type player on on your bench because like essentially you're you're paying like one million over the like uh, bottom price for a midfielder, right? So you're paying like. And and with the 4.5 defenders, you're paying like 0.5 more than the uh, bottom price defenders. So essentially, you're putting like 0.5 more uh, more, more on your bench by having Mbumo over the 4.5 defenders. But, and so that mean, means just that you have 0.5 less for the the your your starting eleven, and that's yeah. like, that's not very significant, is it? I think like, the thing is for me is that. Um, a, excluding Livramento if you've got him at four million right at the start mm. there's not really any four million defenders so really actually the base is 4.5 you know gone are the days of Mankio and Simicus and whoever else you know Amati like it's it's four point it's work well, it's probably 4.4 there's, there's a few knocking about 4.4 that's the base so really you are I feel like you are losing a million um, in terms of in yeah. terms of Mbwemo being your, you know, being the cheapest midfielder who you would consider a good pick still. Um, and right now we don't need that million. Right now it's, we it's are. It's not a million though, is it? Why? Because let's think of saying you're paying over the base price, so the cheapest defender is four million. Um, yeah, but, the but there isn't a four, but there isn't a four million defender that plays. Uh, there's a couple at 3.9 yeah, and also if you've got Livermento say you've got Livermento at 4 you yeah, can now sell him for 4.3 that obviously that money money you could take out i mean obviously i'm not saying anyone's going to but because yeah. this this the attitude you got there Josh is one i've always had you know for years and years and years i've wanted to pay as little as possible i hate having bench points but i think in recent weeks i've become more like when a wild card and i went for a deeper bench it was when I realised that someone like Embremo, it, he's not that he's not costing you that much money out of your eleven, no, and but he's a much the, better the, asset than like Ben White. Is he? Is he? I mean, I I, I don't know. Like I I think the great thing about White and Romento is you can rotate them first sub over who's got the better fixture. Um, you know, none of my argument is 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 anything to do with how how 
good or not a pick, Trent, Cancelo, Chilwell and James. I'm not disputing that for a second. The dispute is over structure and money. And 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 yes, like I said, if you've got Livramento at four million, you're laughing. How many people did? Probably not that many. I got him at four one on wildcard. And um, I think the thing is, is what I was saying is that, that there's no defenders that you would consider an option. They might be fine if you want to stick him as your third sub, but the three nines, the fours, they're not options. They don't play week in, week out. They're not nailed. So really, you're looking at four four as the as the lowest defender. So an Embuemo is actually 1.2 million over that. And what I'm saying is, right now we're in we're in a position where we don't need money because there's a lot of um, value in defence. Yes, there's a lot of a value in, um, you know, in, in, in some of the budget uh, picks, um, even even in midfield and up front. Um, but we don't know when that money is going to be needed. We don't know when, you know, United start to pick up and we want to look at Ronaldo. Kane becomes essential. Um, you know, what if that Kane, doesn't happen and you're then you're gradually losing points potentially? Because right now it's very easy to say that. It's very easy to say that right now, you know, with 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 that back four, that's how FPL looks. But right now we're in. We've just had game week twelve. We've still got twenty six game weeks left of the season, and trends in game in, in in FPL they trends change, and across the season you have multiple trends. The landscape changes, and right now, yes, everyone who had Trent. Cancelo, Chilwell and James are in a very, very good position after this game week. But I don't I don't personally feel like, you know, it, it's always about moving to, you know, the, 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 what 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 has been the best template recently is actually a lot of the time it's better to look at what is going to be, you know, the better upcoming game, upcoming template, you know, trying trying to move to what is going to be the best template moving forward. Um, and I think that, and, and, and I think, uh, you know, the three four three three five two structure is the classic way to play FPL. It has been for years. Um, obviously, this season is probably the most powerful defensive performance we've seen in FPL, God knows, history, if, you know, in terms of, yes, we've had seasons of Trent and Robertson, but we've not had them from three different teams when there's been, you know, fullbacks, wingbacks that have been scoring points like this on a weekly basis. And, you know, I, I, I'm not saying it's going to stop anytime soon. I'm just I'm just not willing to kind of rip up my team to change my structure and formation when I'd rather look at how I can potentially get ahead of the template and how I can get differentials into my team. And getting differentials into my team is not moving to four at the back differentials in my team really is looking at midfield and up front, which is where you can easily find differentials who, you know, people haven't got in their team that have maybe got good fixtures, good stats, or, you know, are coming into a bit of form. Hmm. So I, yeah, I um, personally think that that kind of structural consideration or structural argument like there there is something there that it is a, it is a consideration that you uh might want to have those those uh cheap defenders as your as your subs 
but it's like how so from my perspective i'm thinking like uh, how strongly do i want to uh weigh that into my decision making uh because i think this is like a uh, this is a minor con minor consideration really your team isn't that static you can't change it over time and so if if you get to a point where you where you really want this other midfielder or or a striker you can you can downgrade one of the defenders like and 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 reduce uh the amount of money you're putting into your backline and i just want to like put into context just how good these these defenders uh, are uh, at the moment so on a on a per 90 basis um for like non penalty xg uh plus xa uh uh, you have uh, Trent at 0.63, which is just insane. That's like uh, higher than uh, Jesus, Sterling, De Bruyne, Grealish, uh, Gundogan, Werner, uh, Rafinha, uh, uh, Fernandez. Like so many, so many uh, good attackers. And so that was 0.63 uh, for Trent. And then you have like Reese James is on. 0.55 which is also just insane and then Chilwell and Cancelo also have like incredible numbers so they're really like they're more involved in attack than most of like the or like so many of the uh, so many of the attackers that we would uh consider putting in our teams and in addition you're getting these four points for every clean sheet from teams that have good defenses so I just think they're just excellent options right now uh when you judge them on on individual merit and then there's the like question of how much do you want to like um let the sort of structural uh consideration you're raising uh josh uh um steer you away from those picks uh so like if, i mean the way i'm speaking now it sounds like a, you know, I, I i'm telling people to go like five at the back expensive in every slot i i, I don't think like I, i'm not i've never really been um a fond of of these extreme team structures uh where you have like where you load up with with uh, five at the back or uh uh, you know, they're or like having two 4.5 midfielders. That's also a, what I would consider as mm -hmm. an extreme team structure. Or two premium that, strikers. That that makes anything, you that makes anything, you very yeah. flexible. Yeah, but, yeah, but like going for four, four just seems like such a sweet number for me. Like four, four really good defenders because they are just uh, excellent this this season. And yeah, I uh, I want to have my share of them at least. Mm -hmm. they're, they're so cheap as well aren't they when you compare them to like the i mean i think if they were going to reprice them like if they reprice these players today i think they'd be a lot higher even even trent because when you compare them to the, the midfielders i mean the midfielders obviously aren't aren't actually performing that well so probably a bad example but if you compare like son um to these premium defenders there's i mean correct me if i'm wrong there doesn't seem to be much of a comparison really like Oh yeah, next season. Yeah. Next season, right? If we were doing the prices now, next season, I'd say Chilwell and James would be seven, Cancelo would be seven point five, and Trent would be eight. And even then, you would be even then you, that's you, probably even cheap. then you could argue, yeah, but they they won't go they won't go nuts because they they're trying to attract people to play the game. But yeah, that that's that's um, and Trent's highest ever price being seven point five. So I I think that's what you'd be looking at if they if they were setting the prices for next season right now um yeah. and and yeah you know like hey 
you know it, it carries on and 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 hey if I you know if, if there's another week this week when Chilwell and James get get double figure put I mean I've got Chilwell that's the thing I've got Trent Cancelo and Chilwell I mean I only I'm only I'm only missing out on one it's not like I'm kind of sat here with like none of them right um so um you know but if it's another week where we see you know the four at the back absolutely come through and 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 punish me uh and and others that are on three um maybe maybe i'll reconsider but for me right now removing white and livramento two nailed very 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 cheap lovely perfect in my mind bench options is not really high on my priority list you could argue well why isn't getting reese james high on your priority list yeah but those guys like aren't getting rid of them that you know they they've been amazing in, in in weeks gone past i mean i played a back five game week um 11 um and um and and they both scored well um and i think for me personally the priority at the moment is getting some attackers that can score some bloody points because at the moment it's getting an it's getting an absolute joke and if you can get ahead of the curve and if you can get some differentials in your team who can score some bloody points in midfield or up front who are not called Mo Salah then you might actually be onto something um because it's gonna happen eventually there's no way I'm a big believer in trends in FPL and there's no way we're gonna spend 38 game weeks talking about defenders well if the thing is you can do this um like you could go for like a big differential like you could get Ronaldo in and he scores a brace and you get 13 points but it doesn't actually mean anything if then Chilwell Trent you know all these defenders are score scoring the same or or more oh completely completely (laughs) but you know if you've got three of them for example um you know having obviously White and Livermore gives me a little bit more money to play with in in my midfield and up front um and and like I say, you know, I think it's it, it's it's where the points are coming from in midfield and up front, which is where, you know, the the you can get ahead of the template. You know, those defenders are locked, and and nothing's going to move them. You know, in not even the Spurs wing backs right now. Yeah, it's, it segues us quite nicely onto midfielders, actually. So really, all of our headlines this week, they kind of all intertwine well, quite a lot because, you know, we're talking about different structures, etc. Um, but yeah, we, we move on to, to midfielders. Um, Sigurd, like, do you, I, I didn't even say it to you, I was going to ask you this, so, um, but are there any midfielders that, that are really, really standing out for you at the moment and that you feel are, are non-negotiable, um, you know, within mm. your team? Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm very 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 happy with my midfield five. Uh, at the moment, it consists of uh, Son, uh, Foden, uh, Salah, uh, Jota, and Embumo. Um, and I mean, uh, Jota picked up a uh, picked up a knock, I think, in 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 the game uh, against Arsenal. But but he's to me like a standout pick one you really really want to have i mean salah is obvious um but jota has fantastic underlying stats and they just seem to have um uh good fixtures (laughs) it 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 doesn't it just doesn't stop the good fixtures for liverpool i guess it helps that they don't play liverpool uh um 
so but but apart from that i also like like foden um despite getting subbed off and i also really like son just because of he's he's he has such a consistent history like his his uh, attacking returns per 90 over many years has been just very very consistent and good um and now he has good fixtures so i like him right now and i'm not i don't i don't really make decisions based on points so i often don't know how many points various players uh have in the game uh and i'm not really discouraged by blanks as long as he's like still playing in a good attacking role and still uh, has I like that. numbers to back it up i focus on the stats not the outcome yeah 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 definitely uh uh so so i i'm really happy with all of these uh even in Bumo, who's uh i mean he's been blanking a lot lately hasn't he uh that's what yeah. i was saying in the post about, a lot yeah about ben white you know when you said about who's a better a better um actually would you you know prefer Bremo or, or white you know i Thinking, but yeah, he has been unlucky, um, Bremer, obviously, with with hitting the post. But you know, he, he, I think um, he must. I still like great. him as a pick. Do you? <laughs> I, I, yeah, 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 definitely. I think I, he's on. A, I think he's on the downward trajectory, if I'm honest with you. Um, and the reason why I think that is obviously their fixtures are, are, are taking a slight turn in the next two, home to Everton, away to Spurs. Um, and let's be honest, you know, Everton have got so many injuries. It's not a horrendous fixture, but it's not as good as some of the ones they've had recently. But I think it's a formation shift for me. Um, and, and I think that's that's quite big. You know, you, you're getting an OOP in Buemo when you bought him. And now I don't think he's going to be that. I think he's going to play more the role he played last season. And I do think now Tony will be on an upward trajectory and he'll get more chances. And I finally think that we might actually see the Tony that we all bought many weeks ago for this run actually um you know start to get some points and just around the corner they've got you know Leeds and Watford in back-to-back game weeks which could be an interesting couple of weeks yeah obviously Mbumu has those games too so that's good for him you know <laughs> that's true. Uh, no, indeed and and and, and you and you play both of them right you play both of them in in, in those two games yeah like I have uh, Mbumu as a part rotation piece part bench uh, insurance and and like I'm very happy uh, so I didn't mm. I didn't play him last game week and uh, uh, then he was uh, subbed on for for his two points but I haven't played him every uh, every game week but I I like him I like him very much for that that uh, that uh, dual purpose uh, mm-hmm. for my team uh, yeah I, I didn't want to lose in Bremo when I when I transferred him out this week I didn't even want to lose Tony it was just the lure of Jota um so I'm quite glad you bigged up Jota there because I was just I was just desperate to get him in you know ASAP and hopefully he's fit for the weekend um for the, for the next game week because obviously I used both my transfers to get him in um and it's the first time I've managed to own him this season and it, it again goes back to the the structures we were talking about earlier where I had two premium strikers early in the season with Ronaldo and Lukaku and it stopped me getting players like Jota so yeah, just just another one on team structure, really. You know, it is it is important to be to be flexible. Um, but we've got a couple of questions. I oh, know we don't. We've got questions on um, on strikers actually. Um, so, I mean, Josh, were there any you wanted to add to that list? Because I've got basically the ones the players Sigurd's got. I've got the same, but I've got Rafinha over in Waymo and 
I like Rafinha, but he's got some really tough fixtures coming up in a couple of weeks. And we don't yeah. know the status of his illness. So I think he's on borrowed time for me. So I don't think he's one people are going to be buying like right now as good as he is. Yeah, I've got similar. Um, so I've, I'm current, my current midfield is, is Salah, Son, Foden and Rafinha. Um, so I haven't got Jota. I had him earlier in the season um, from game week one, actually. Um, he was quite, he was pretty good for me at the start. Um but yeah, it's just about kind of you know getting to these to these players really. I, I would like obviously him in my team. I think being on three four three as opposed to three five two or 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 whatever you know, I think it's obviously harder when you've only got four midfield spots. I'm really happy with my four midfielders, and, and I think Foden, you know, there's probably owners that are out there thinking, God, how has he blanked three games in a row after that 18 pointer? But his stats are great. He's yeah. he's mm. he's Pep's boy at the moment. Um, their fixtures are brilliant, and he's so versatile. Um, and I just think, from an attacking perspective, he's he's probably alongside Bernardo Silva. They're the first two two names on the team sheet for Pep. It, sh- it shows how important he is. The fact that yeah. you know he had this knock on the knee or disturbance on the knee. Yeah. He still played. The second they went two 0 up in the fifty seventh minute, you know Pep took him straight off, yeah. probably for the PSG game. He, he's like De Bruyne at the moment for them. I feel um, in yeah. terms of like how he's using him. Um, and yes, Bernardo looks incredible. I, I still will never see Bernardo Silva as, as an FPL option, no matter how many points he scores. I just just can't see it. Um, but yeah, really happy with Foden. Rafinha, yeah, he's, he's got he's got three three good fixtures, and then it turns, and we'll just see where we're at. Really, what fires there are to put out in game week sixteen as to whether I move him on or not. Um, and then obviously, um, Sun, you know. Both myself and, and and Sigurd brought him in this week. Um, and Salah speaks for himself. Yeah, I've owned Sun four weeks, but obviously I'm gonna gonna hold firm. Um, but it's it's been it's been frustrating. But yeah. I mean, Son and Foden have been frustrating for me. But I'm I'm not gonna I'm not but gonna be selling them. The yeah. thing is, at the moment, this is what I'm saying is with with the attackers, right? The player blanks doesn't really hurt you that much because everyone else is blanking, and <laughs> that's that's the the way the game is at the moment is. Every single week we're relying on Trent, Cancelo, Chelsea wing backs every single week. Um, and obviously Salah. Um any points you get on top of those those premium defenders and Salah captaincy is a bonus. And the more you get, the better your week is. And it, you know, so the, the the assist from Ben Foster is massive. It's is bigger than <laughs> you think it is because no everyone bonus, else though. hey. No bonus points, though. No, but everyone, everyone else is sat there with <laughs> Steel or, you know, who got two or Ramsdale who got one. So to get fired from your goalkeeper this week is is, is big, you know. Um, and, and that's why I'm saying, you know, I think that, that yes, there are incredible picks, all these premium defenders, of which I have three, but the, the landscape and the trends will change. I'm sure that we will be talking of of midfielders and sh- and strikers scoring some points it's football it's got to happen i'll i'll say i'll say one thing one final thing on foden is that i whenever i see like people these days talking about about removing him from uh, from their 
team. I'm just rubbing my hands because <laughs> Foden is just he's a, he's a great pick. Uh, he's, yeah, his, his his underlyings are just fantastic, and yeah, he's he's nowhere near leaving my team. I think one thing that's interesting about him, right, is that we rate him as the number one attacking option in the Man City team, and he's eight point three million, whereas normal times you're paying 12 million for KDB 11.5 for Sterling 10 and a half for Aguero and he sat there in your teams at 8.3 million it's ridiculous right right that's a good point because he does really have the 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 same kind of stats that those players have had in the past when they just put it like produced lots and lots lots of points yeah and and if it wasn't for Jota this season or more to the point if it wasn't for Firmino's injury I should probably say I think we'd be looking at Foden as as you know even more of an incredible pick than he actually is now Hmm. we're basically building a template um with this discussion aren't we you know we've discussed the merits of going you know heavy at the back um, you know, it sounds like we want to have players like Son, you know, Salah, Foden, Jota. So it doesn't leave much room for the strikers, um, which is obviously it's going to be our third headline. Um, I, I think we should start with because we had a load of questions on Antonio. One of them was from FPL Ferrell basically saying, what should we do with Antonio if we still ha- still own? Um, he's also suggested he could hold him or he could take a two, three, one, two, three week punt on Jimenez and then bring Antonio back for the fixture swing. Um, it's interesting because, I mean, it might not be interesting for the listeners because we've had this as a headline like the last three weeks now, you know, what to, what to do with Antonio. Um, but it just seems to be something that people don't know what to do with. So, Sigurd, what, what are your opinions on, on Antonio? Obviously, you've got him in your team. Is he, is he there to stay? Yeah, yeah, he's there to stay. I don't I don't see a good reason to sell him. Like his, his season stats are still great and... Uh, there's only like there's only the difference between good luck and bad luck that he hasn't that he hasn't returned in in the last few games. Um, uh, so 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 I'm very happy keeping him. But then I mean I am probably going to bench him. Like uh, this game week away to Manchester City is basically the worst uh, the worst fixture of the year for any player in this game. Um, so. Uh, but then I'd like there's it's perfectly fine to like bench this kind of player for one week and bring in you know Ben White or 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 Mbumo or uh, uh, or whomever uh, and and yeah so if you have this value built up in him uh, you're I think you're disincentivized from from selling him for that for that reason too. Um, so it would just require a very, very, very special set of circumstances uh, for me to want to um, uh, sell him. Like this is this isn't the same for every team, uh, obviously. But but uh, with with Antonio, I think you can uh, generalize <laughs> quite a bit and say that most people should not be selling him uh, at this at this point in time. I think, uh, and that that kind of move, like the the uh, hokey cokey thing with with the uh, Jimenez, I I would really not want to commit two transfers to that. Then I would think like you probably have better things to do with two transfers uh, yeah. even if you can't see them see them now like 
situations arise even even when you don't expect them like like with Diaz for me this week yeah or like when people had the Sanchez sent off last week and they didn't have an appropriate backup and had to use potentially a transfer on that right. and I guess with Jimenez as well he's obviously got a couple of really good fixtures coming up but then his fixtures turn really bad as well I mean there are a few people still with a wild card so, I mean, if you had a wild card, that, would that be a circumstance where you might consider it a bit more? Obviously, you've mentioned you're benching Antonio this week because of the City fixture. Yeah, that's true. Uh, if you're if you're planning wild card, that that's exactly the kind of move that I could could end up doing because I like to kind of commit to a to a a particular game week, a few a few weeks ahead in time where you can like just. Uh, uh, fit your team to the very next few fixtures and and make great for that. So yeah, I guess in that that particular circumstance, I could see myself selling uh, Antonio, except except for the fact that the strikers available now is just a desert landscape. Yes. <laughs> there's there's so bad, so it? few good options. It's it's that. bad, and also what's what's difficult is all the teams that we were targeting before. The, the, most of them have gone and got new managers. So yep. <laughs> your Norwiches, your Watfords, your Newcastles, your Aston Villas, they've all gone and got new managers. So suddenly, you know, there's less whipping boys around, really. Um, so who are you playing instead of Antonio this week? So I haven't, I haven't uh, settled on this. Like uh, I'm, I, so I either, I either have to bench. Um, and Bumo playing at home uh, against Everton, or mm-hmm. Ben White playing at home against Newcastle. Uh, Tough one. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's... But you're you're, yeah. you're definitely benching him. So it's, Antonio, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then and then uh, the 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 one I I end up not playing between Ben White and and Mbumo will sit first on my bench with Antonio second on my bench. Okay. Uh, and, and, and then Rich? I'll only only have Ivan Tony uh, as my as my lone as striker for the game week. Yeah, yeah. Rich, what, what what's your thoughts on on um, on benching him, starting him, etc.? Pretty much the same. So because like I mentioned with my transfers, I had to downgrade to get Jota. I had to downgrade either Tony or Antonio, and mm-hmm. I kept Antonio, knowing that I'd bench him this week. So I'm benching him for Puki. Um, but he's okay. home to Wolves. I mean, it's not an amazing fixture, but Pookie's on penalties, unlike Antonio. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's not a million miles apart, but I'm I'm happy benching Antonio. And he's a very good first sub. Is he, um, is he your first sub then? So he's, he's my first sub, yeah, because my other ones have got Liveramento away to Liverpool. Yeah. I guess this is going to be a problem for a lot of people. Liveramento, you almost don't want him to come on this week. And then I've got Davis because of, of the downgrade I did. Well, you never know. Liveramento, they kept a clean sheet against uh, City at... The Etihad. Yeah, you you never know, but I don't want to get minus points. So. <laughs> it's unlikely. It's unlikely. But um, they've kept a couple of weird clean sheets this week. They kept, uh, this season. Yeah. They kept one against West Ham as well. Um, okay, interesting. I'm I'm I've um, I'm he's currently in my team, um, and I've got my option is just Ben White. I don't want to. Play well, yeah, because this is like. So you know the debate we're having before. Yeah. Um, where was saying you know he likes having the good options like Embraimo. This is something I noticed just the last few weeks having a good bench. You can actually make a decision. Now, obviously, I was making a lot of the decisions wrong, but having the decision yeah, to make, you've got the option, and you've it also stops you doing transfers as well because yeah. well, you yeah, find and, something and, to and, do. 
and they're I mean that's what those two also do you know White and Ivermento or in your case Puki or Bremo whatever they 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 do give give you those options of oh, I need to I've got one week where I need to play them or like I said five bookings or a little little um, little niggly injury or whatever um so it's just for me about maximizing the amount of money on the pitch as well um so my option so i don't want to play divermento or sissoko they're, they're they're second and third subs respectively um uh, i'll put sissoko ahead of livermento oh, i don't know <laughs> um um livermento got brought down for a penalty against chelsea at stanford bridge mm. got an assist um yeah white um it's White or Antonio for me. Um, so similar to Sigurd, I just don't have um, Mbwemo thrown in the mix as well. Um, but yeah. the difference for me is I have Callum Wilson. Um, so playing White against Callum Wilson is not as good as playing White if you don't have a Newcastle uh, striker or player at all. And I'm, I'm sure there'll be people out there who don't agree with that. And you should look at them in isolation. Everyone views these sorts of things differently. Some people think, look at it in isolation. Some people think, yeah, don't play an opposing, you know, attacker versus an opposing defender because you're not maximizing your game week score. Um, there's, there's not really, there's not many situations where that comes off because the chances of Ben White scoring a goal are pretty slim. So with the strikers, we had a question from Matt. I quite like the question. I think it's a bit extreme, but I think that's that's why that's why I like it. Um, so Matt Leafy Dragon has asked, would you jump off Kane even though his fixtures look good, considering he's clearly not worth twelve million and look to invest elsewhere? Now it's quite that a bold statement saying he's clearly not worth twelve million. <laughs> but Sigurd, what what do, you, what do you think about that? If if you if you had Kane, because obviously none of us have Kane. Kane, so we might be a little biased here. True, true, but I I would definitely keep him if I if I had him now. Mm-hmm. Like he put he put up fine. Uh, like he sh- had four shots in the last game, uh, and uh, did, did, like with decent XG value. Uh, and obviously bought him for these uh, these next few fixtures. And like I guess if he if he turns good, you, you'll probably want to keep him for longer than that. But like I would at least give him the next few fixtures, which are which are great um and he's he's uh he, I, I was about to say that he's still the same person it's kind of hard to uh hard to see that right now but uh yeah um i i i would just keep him because these things happen in, in football it's it's a matter of chance and if he blanks this this one game they conte has recently gotten there and um uh I think you should have some some more patience with uh, with him. I don't really see where you, like if you had him and you wanted to downgrade him, you're adamant you would. I don't really see where you'd spend the money because it's it's so much money. Um, unless there's an alternative striker you'd like just as much. I mean, is there is there any or is it all the the cheap ones really um, that you'd be interested in? Let's let's say you were wild carding this week, for example strikers would you go for it go for because i think personally i'd look at all the cheap ones i'd probably look at like mm. going pookie king and maybe probably still antonio but you could go like pookie king and tony and i think that would be pretty good um rotating those mm. guys i wouldn't go antonio this week on wildcard no chance i think it's um if you're in that sort of luxury position with a wildcard and you are using it this week i wouldn't i wouldn't include antonio 
it's it's um it's would you, you know, include Kane or would it just be all the this is what I mean would you just go for all the cheap because mm. it seems like there's all these players that are about six million that are on penalties yeah they don't play for the most glamorous sides but they're doing okay I mean I was looking earlier um I'd probably go for, Pukie, five, for example is the seventh highest scoring striker um then we got Dennis was at second or third um King King's sixth Tony's eighth um, all the cheap strikers seem to be doing pretty well. None of them are doing spectacularly. I think Dennis has got to be the biggest anomaly of the season, <laughs> yeah. isn't he? Like, I didn't even know who he was before the season started. He's, that, he's like <laughs> absolutely ripping it up. But um, I think, um, yeah, if I was to, if I, if I had a wild card this week, or to anyone out there who does, um, I think you'd be looking at either going three at the back like I have, four at the back like you guys have, and then five in midfield and light up top, like you said, really. Um, you just don't really want those 4.5 Davis types picks, do you? And you can't have no. two of them. <laughs> you don't want one, but two of them. You know, it's an I almost went Gerhardt, who's 4.5, but then some Leeds fans said that he's, he's not close to the first team. All the injuries happened and he's playing. He's yeah. starting. Looks like a young Wayne Rooney, doesn't he? <laughs> he's decent I think he's decent I mean put it this way with Bamford's back would you play Gelhard or Rodrigo there with him I'd probably play Gelhard um, so yeah I I, I, I think it's it, I, no I'll definitely not sell Kane not a dog's chance I think he's going to yeah. get goals over the next three and I think if you've got him there's no need to go on the captaincy for now just stick with him same with some and um, ride the new manager bounce and if it doesn't happen which I'm sure it will, because Antonio Conte is an incredible manager. You've only got three game weeks to go, and then you get rid. There's plenty of options up front in Ronaldo and Lukaku, and there's plenty of options in midfield for Sun. Um, so yeah, there's like there's all the different in the world between like d- d- not wanting to have Kane on a hypothetical wild wild card and and wanting to sell him now because because the latter is just it's just so much more costly like spending a free transfer to get rid and maybe try to restructure your team when this player has excellent fixtures uh and is healthy that's just yeah, a, yeah. a bad bad proposition uh, yeah it could also me. seriously backfire and um thing is like who do you move him to there's no premium yeah. strikers you'd want in ronaldo and lukaku there's no premium midfielders other than salah you know, if you've got Kane, you're going to move him to Sun. There's always the argument of Mane or not, but I don't know why you'd go for Mane when there's a nailed Jota sat there at four million less or whatever. Um, you know, you're not looking at Bruno, you're not looking at KDB. It's just, there's just no one. So, and this is why, you know, we're hoping and praying the landscape changes because, you know, we need to get some more picks in midfield and up front who really stake a claim and really put their hand up as players that we need to have in their teams, you know. Like, Before- you, can't, you can't just be Salah for the whole season. <laughs> it's really boring. So really quickly, before we go for the, the piss break, um, Sigurd, from an analytical point of view, if we, if we exclude Antonio from it, who would be the striker you'd be looking at um i know you've got tony so it may well be him but you know is there a cheap striker um that you'll be looking at you'd say that that maybe stands out from the rest if someone's looking to pair someone with antonio for example josh king josh oh, king's wow. your man yeah yeah okay. he's he's put up great stats this season um like i i i don't 
I haven't seen many people with him, and I wonder if it's just his cheap price that he doesn't seem attractive. But like both on sort of like manifest stats, like goals and assists. I mean, he's he scored four goals and uh, had two assists over over uh, uh, nine starts, uh, uh, which is which is quite good for for a, cheap, a striker of his price. And then his underlying stats are like. Um, even even better so he's um on the uh, on fbref.com with a the same sort of stat i mentioned earlier non-penalty xg plus xa per 90 he's like so you have firmino on top and then uh, sala jota mane and then after that you have josh king uh at 0.76 so he's like he has one of the best underlying attacking rates in in the league um just slightly ahead of, of Phil Foden, actually. Uh, and this the is, I mean, just not put you off. Yeah, sure, but you but got like, like Chelsea and City in fourteen and fifteen. Look after so, that. So th- this is the yeah. This is the, the this wasn't. I didn't uh, intend this as like buy him now, <laughs> get him. Yeah. Uh, but but um uh, but from from sixteen, uh, he looks he looks very good to me. Um. um and and uh apart from king i i'm i'm content with with tony uh he doesn't have great underlyings but it's the it's the fact that he plays 90 yeah. every every game week and is on penalties and uh just looks like he has a great um uh, fitness record I, I haven't seen any in major injuries for him uh which is encouraging so but th- that's the thing like I, I i think i think pookie is an interesting pick uh but yeah uh and that's for much of the same reasons as as tony the just the penalties in the 90s uh but yeah. um apart from that it's just it's just not there aren't very many good players to pick from like when Calvert-Lewin and, and Bamford return uh we'll have uh we'll have more more players to pick from but but until then I think these are like the most interesting players I could I could name yeah I think I think we're quite blessed with these cheap cheap strikers at the moment and um, there's there's a chance that um King will be on penalties like you know Psalmist if Yao Pedro is not playing you know regular minutes I know he's, he's had some minutes um, obviously, Watford fans would know more than more than me about that. But you know, the, if there's a chance he's on penalties, he'd get even better as as an asset. Um, mm. So yeah, I, I like that one. I like that one. So let's let's go for the piss break. Um, we'll come back and when we try and get through as many questions as we can. Welcome back. And we'll get straight into our community questions. Now, we've, we've had a lot this week and we've covered quite a lot of them, actually, um, I hope, under, under the first three headlines um, where we've gone through all the positions. So we'll get straight into the questions. Our fi- first one is from Michael Lund, who's asked lots of game weeks coming up. Which teams look like they have a good run offensively? Sigurd, are there any teams you're looking to target, you know, the, the attack of in, in the upcoming weeks? 
uh, like Liverpool and City. <laughs> yeah, the ones, we, <laughs> ones you've already got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I was looking at this briefly and I didn't see like any standout teams with good fixtures that I wanted, um, that I wanted players from. Uh, still happy with these Brentford attackers, you know. Um, and obviously, I mean, there's been so much talk about Spurs that I didn't didn't even consider them as a possible answer to this question, but they still have good fixtures uh, ahead. Like they have a couple of difficult fixtures in game weeks, the 17 and 18, uh, Leicester away, Liverpool at home. But apart from that, it's pretty bright all the way into January. I think it's funny. So I guess as FPL managers, we're planning so far in advance or multiple weeks in advance that we already have the, you know, the players with good fixtures. Um, I mean, Josh, are there any that stand out for you? Um, out, you know, outside of the the ones that Sigurd just said. Um, Palace are all right, I think. Um, in terms of the fixture ticker. Um, reads Tottenham United. Uh, you know, if you look at the the rest of the festive period, so if now if you include it as as a ten ten game week period game, it's twelve to twenty one. Mm. Um, first are Spurs, second are United, third are City, and fourth are Palace. Um, Palace are a really interesting team this season. Really like what Vieira is doing there, both defensively and attacking wise. Um, I think. One thing to mention is probably there's a big fixture swing in game week 16, obviously, which we know about with United. And then in game week 18 with West Ham. Um, But yeah, other than that, just what I said earlier, just some attacking uh, players actually putting their hands up and uh, saying, pick me because I'm scoring points. Because at the moment it's, uh, it's a hard work, isn't it? Especially up front. And also what's scary is you mentioned there's a fi- fixture swing in game week 16 and that's that sounds a long way away but it's it's only just over two weeks away till game mm. week 16 because mm. these fixtures are so so congested um it's going to make the podcast interesting as well we're gonna have to try and sneak in a few quick ones over the coming week um and, d- and do as best as we can but i guess we'll tweet out more more about that um after the episode so our next question we had was from nuclear atoms this is a difficult question um, how can I be patient with my assets whether when they are in poor form but have great fixtures? So Sigurd, if if we start with you again, if you don't mind, it's a yeah. it's a tough one, isn't it? Well, maybe not for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, I I don't really know what what will help him like individually, but uh, I can only say like how I find peace with this game, and that is just look look at the underlying stats, look at the look at the model predictions you know and if you if you can remain confident that you've made a good decision based on these objective parameters then you can take the disappointment of like not not getting uh not having a good game week uh you can take set that apart from your decision making uh process uh quite well because like when you're in decision mode like trying to set up your team or or find out what kind of transfers you want to do um if you have like if you have a uh sort of a uh some kind of process it doesn't have to be well defined but like looking at those kind of objective parameters uh just helps a lot you can just remain confident in your in your decisions and and let the uh, outcomes be outcomes you know 
I guess like it does probably depends on personality as well, doesn't it? Like yeah, <laughs> some people won't be able to just go, oh, I did it because of this reason and, and remain calm. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Josh? Uh, exactly the same. Stats, 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 you know, that's the way that you judge players on, um, you know, yes, of course, points are the most important thing, but stats lead to points and whether it be, offensive or defensive stats and I think you know like going back to what you said earlier Rich about selling Havertz for Foden I think that wasn't even on the pod actually I think that's when we were just chatting um about the selling oh no uh, yeah it was before the pod yeah but exactly yeah. you said about oh yeah selling Havertz for Foden was a mistake it wasn't like Foden's stats are incredible and after that week against Brighton eight shots in a box playing you know false nine like he was just yeah he was looking borderline essential he made the right decision wrong outcome and you'll get plenty of those over the course of the season and um you know but if you can judge things on stats the stats will win i wouldn't say nine times out of ten but you'd like to think four times out of five maybe by, by mentioning that on the pod, you made it look like I got 90 points and I'm complaining. I was just like you privately saying, you know, I've made I've made some mistakes with transfers. <laughs> Been chipper all, all night. I was just, uh, it's just a good example of, of how hindsight yep. is a wonderful thing, you know, and you can, it's, you know, it going, I mean, not that you can look at stats to ever not captain Salah, particularly this season, but, you know, you know, the principle of the whole captain Havertz against Norwich over, um, over Salah away to United. Not that this is a stats decision. It's a, it's a, it's more of a gut decision. But, I, you know, people that did that, you know, don't have to beat themselves up too much. You know, I'm sure people are still thinking about it now and it's, uh, but it, it was still, you know, a, a very, very, you know, good, solid FPL decision that just didn't go their way. I, rem- I remember last season, I captain Salah maybe like 14 times, and I think he only returned once or twice. And Because like, I, I, I looked at Mikhail's model a lot, and he always had Salah so far ahead. And I think I've realised this season why he had Salah so far ahead. But obviously, as an emotional... Because I was just captaining him in the wrong weeks, basically. Um, or I wasn't captaining him consistently enough. And, you know, he was getting unlucky. So it's, it's clicked now that, yeah, it wasn't a bad thing, Captain in Salah, that many times last season. If, um, um, the funny thing is with Liverpool and Salah, just while we're on the topic, topic, obviously you can say what's different with Salah this season. Well, he just looks great. He looks really, you know, sort of sharp and, and, and whatnot. But if you said this season, what's the difference with Liverpool compared this season and last season, apart from obviously having Van Dijk back, which is big, but... It's their attack that we're talking about. I, I generally couldn't put my finger on it. Like, and there's people who go to Anfield and, and have seen Liverpool season tickets. I'm sure that could 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 give us a better answer. But you know, personnel-wise, they're exactly I, the same. You know, you know what I I think uh, I think has happened there. So I think that this is often the case that that managers can like do tactical trade-offs, so they can like intentionally allow their uh, defensive numbers to get worse by by prioritizing attack or or vice versa so like make tactical decisions like a, a trade-off between uh offense and defense and what i think happened with liverpool is that they got van dyke back and so they could push their fullbacks even further uh, like further up than mm-hmm. what they did last season and and like have those those uh, number eights uh 
um, be more uh, offensive too. And that's just, so his return has kind of uh, paradoxically uh, made their defense a little bit worse uh, just because of the uh, tactical decisions. That's maybe, sort of my interpretation of the situation. Maybe that's why Trent had such a bad season in his, by his standards last season, you know, I mean, still, still decent. Um, but yeah, for, for, by his standard, is it was nowhere near his, his, you know, where he normally is from a points perspective. Yeah, and he's he's not really needing clean sheets at the moment, is he? I guess if they're attacking more, you know, he's he's good enough. And and, and actually, it's, it's the first season that he is a country mile ahead of Robertson. Like we're not even talking about Robertson as a pick. You're talking about four at the back, five at the back whatever you know like we were talking about at the start of the pod not once would you have brought up or you could go Trent and Robertson because he's very expensive for what you're 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 getting and you would also arguably say that Liverpool the worst um out of those top three defenses you know Liverpool City and Chelsea you'd argue that City and Chelsea are better defenses and equally their um their defenders are cheaper it's interesting because if Robertson was putting up, I was actually looking at this. It was a couple of weeks ago now. I was looking at his stats, and if Robertson was performing like he used to, I'd actually do the back five um, for that for that price. But, but yeah, that's for, that's another discussion anyway. We, we're trying we cram, cram a couple more questions in. The next one was from C and G, who's asked, "Should I play all three of my Chelsea defenders against United? I'm terrified and excited all at once." Obviously, we said a lot of good stuff about about Chelsea defenders so I, I guess I'll change this a bit um do either of you or would either of you bench Chelsea defenders let's assume it's James Chilwell and Rudiger hmm. no I I would probably I would probably bench one of them but this is like kind of impossible to answer without considering who you're uh who you're bringing in because it's always like a a, a comparison between between two players right so but i i i could absolutely see myself benching one or like probably not two but i would never own three three chelsea defenders <laughs> uh, I, I guess that's the difficulty with it yeah yeah. Yeah. No, I'd, yeah i'd happily start the role personally but um yeah. i think the main i think the main <laughs> thing to consider is that it's the chelsea it's the it's the defenders that are getting our attacking returns at the moment you know, we won we won three nil at the weekend, and if you played Rudiger, Chilwell, and James, you got a, what a fourteen, a twelve, and a nine. Is that right? And and you got three attacking returns. In and total. you got unlucky. And a clean sheet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so um, yeah, I I I think that the way that the defenders are scoring points for us. Um, you kind of would rather have three lottery tickets right there, and uh, and if we're scoring goals against United, who knows who it's going to be out of those three? But you'd rather have the most chance of of getting in the points, because um, right now that's where our our attacking returns are coming from. I want to ask two more questions. Actually, I said it was going to be one more, but one of them's only for Sigurd. And it's how did you learn to interpret that ancient power of the vibes? <laughs> I had to ask this one. <laughs> uh, uh, nice question. Uh, so, so uh, uh, me and uh, uh, FPL Meta, the, the guy who makes the 11 if high uh, page, uh, hmm. we uh, we create a, a, a vibe-based captaincy matrix that we put out on Twitter. Uh, uh, 
most game weeks. Um, so no, that like this is from you know focusing on, on the stats and stuff like that, and making like trying to make disciplined decisions and and that are um, uh, that are like good by by model standards and so on. Um, and then obviously we have feelings too, you know. Uh, so, so 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 the vibes they're more like a. a uh, an aesthetic thing, thing or like a, a bodily sensation or something like that it just you just have to feel it yeah is, the, so, is this so, the thing that's all in word art yeah yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's the model is is created in word i try to recommend it to the other modelers like try using <laughs> word instead of excel but they haven't they haven't listened so far I hadn't seen word art since I was at school, and that was, you know, that was the late '90s, early 2000s. That's a lot. So it's a nice little throwback. Yeah, same. There. <laughs> same. Um, the the final question um, is is something that's been on Twitter a lot recently. Is where do you put your washing machine? Washing machine. I'm interested because obviously you're you're in Norway. Um, mm-hmm. What room would your washing machine go? So my washing machine is in in uh, the bathroom uh as mm. as most most people in 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 most other countries <laughs> outside the uk have it like it's not i've seen people people in norway you'll occasionally find uh washing machines in uh in the kitchen i've actually lived in an apartment where we had uh our washing machine in the kitchen so it's not like it's not unheard of or anything but yeah uh it's it's more common here i i i don't i don't put put very much stock in this <laughs> where's your where's yours josh in the kitchen yours yeah mine's in the kitchen but so you're gonna we say ha- you we have talked about or something then no i haven't got a utility our house uh-huh. is tiny but we have talked about getting rid of the shower because we've got a bath and then put in the in the bathroom to save space so i don't think it's uh-huh. that crazy i know a couple of people in england with them in the bathroom um, you're, you're you're going full Norwegian, you are, aren't you? <laughs> you're doing well at FPL. You're putting your washing machine in the bathroom. <laughs> well, that's why I'm doing it. That's the main reason. Name, actually. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> learning Norwegian as well, so I can listen to these secret podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> listen to Magnus Carlsen. Yeah, and Sigurd, and yeah, sc- cool. scout them all out. But yeah, no, that's brilliant. No, th- thank you for the answering the questions. Thank you to everyone who sent questions in. I'm sorry we didn't get through, you know, each and every one of them. We're going to quickly go over the mini leagues this week. So the first mini league, um, which one's this? This is the main, the main Twitter league. So Sigurd, do you mind um, going going sure. through the top five? Yeah, yeah. So so in first place we have a team called Silent but Deadly. That's Matt O'Loan. Um, he's on eight hundred and ninety four points. Um, nice. Second place is uh, Mylan Singh's team, uh, the Saffron Sword. And in third place, we have uh, a friend of mine. He's on my uh, he's on my uh, uh, fancy football scout community uh, tournament thing uh, team, uh, Todje Hegna, uh, who's been just killing it this season. Uh, he's he's doing really well now on 890 points. Um, so great job, Todje. Keep going. Um, and in fourth place, we have. Uh, Lou Kaku Kaka, uh, that's uh, Avinash uh, Jagtop. Is that what it reads? Uh, Jagtop's team. That sounds um, better than I would do. 
<laughs> okay, good. <laughs> uh, and then in fifth place, we have uh, TAA very much, uh, which is Paul Emmett's team on 884 points. And uh, very good job, uh, everyone. These are uh, excellent, excellent scores. They are, aren't they? Because they're, they're like 60 points ahead of us. <laughs> that seems yeah. like a huge gap, huge gap. But I was doing well, you know. Yeah. Um, and Josh, do you want to quickly go through the, the Patreon League um, top five? Yeah, so first place, we've got um, Jorgen Rogberg, uh, who's on 853 points. Just to give you a bit of a comparison as to the main league, but obviously these guys are still doing incredibly well. Um, second is Matthew Greco. Third is um, Todd Rollap. Fourth is Damian Roberts. And it gives me great pleasure to say that fifth is Hortz, who's a legend of the podcast, Ian Horton, uh, with his team, Headless Chickens. Yeah, brilliant. No, no, that's really good to hear because he was on the first. Do you remember, Josh, the first one we ever did, the first surgery we ever hosted together? Hortz was the guest. He was. You're right. Well remembered. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't that long ago. Well, while ago though eh? well, good, uh, yeah yeah a year ago no. awesome no thanks for reading those out and i guess we go straight on to our trap tins then so our transfers and our captains so sigurd have you got an idea who you're going to be captaining and what transfers you might look at doing uh let me have a short look at my team uh so salah captain uh no surprise there um <laughs> i am most likely just rolling the transfer, I think. Uh, I don't think I'm removing Diaz this team because the player I would want is Chilwell. And I don't think like removing Diaz at home against West Ham <clears throat> to Chilwell at home against Manchester United is a like is a very good move uh, for this week. Um, so, but it depends a little bit on price changes. So I'm, I now have a 0.1 margin for that move. Uh, and so I could be, could be like uh, semi-forced into it uh, because I I would like Chilwell um, uh, on current current information. Yeah, so that's me. That's interesting because I was actually going to ask you earlier your thoughts on because um, obviously you were talking about the analytics side of things um, and squad structures, but I you know didn't ask about pr- um, price changes. So you do pay some attention to price changes when you're you know making your decisions. Yeah, and I, so I think the key thing with I, I'm I'm pretty price conscious the first few game weeks of the season, like uh, in the beginning. Uh, but I'm starting to get into the point where I don't put much at all in it, except if it locks me out of a transfer that I want to make. So in this case, like this week, I've I've just let DS drop in price, and that's okay because I I I think. The information I gain uh, is more, way more important than the uh, 0.1 um, in team value. Yeah, and it's interesting because Diaz was someone I was looking at. Like, obviously, before he was benched, he was a player I was looking at thinking I, I might try and get him in my team. So I, mm. I guess we can't panic just yet. Um, but I get your concerns. You know, being benched twice in such a short period of time it is is unusual. It's very unusual. Yeah, yeah. So I'd, I'd be, yeah, I I I would kind of like to keep him, and it, it's possible I just I just keep him and hope it works out for him. But yeah, uh, so but that's like the only potential transfer I would make uh, unless someone gets injured injured midweek. 
Yeah, good point. We are recording on the Monday, so this is before all the Champions League games and all of that stuff. Um, so, Josh, have you had a lot of thought about your captain and, and your transfers? Is there any point in me asking captain anymore? I do think that Trent's a good option this week. But the thing is, you're not going to do it. I'm not, no. <laughs> no <it's, laughs> um, I haven't got the balls, but... Um... <laughs> you, do, you do, but... I don't. I no, think I even don't. this is a bit too extreme. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves, I don't. Um, I think... Um, yeah, obviously Captain Salah. Um, I do, but you know, if someone was going, oh, I really want to, you know, not Captain Salah. I really want to mix it up and, and go different. I do think Trent would be my my choice. Um, or yeah, but even then, you'll be watching it like, oh, assi- you want Trent to get returns, but oh, don't assist Salah. Like, <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd have selective. You'd want selective assists. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, so Captain Salah. Um, and I'm also rolling, I think. Um, and then the decision is just to play White or Antonio. Really exciting stuff. That really, yeah, I, I can't make that sound any more glamorous, really. No, I, I don't know. It's a difficult one. Like I said, I've got Callum Wilson, so I probably will play Antonio. Um, and I mean, you've got to remember while City are better defensively than Liverpool, um, West Ham and West Ham put four past Liverpool a couple of game weeks ago. You know, they are, they are one of the best attacking teams in the league. They're fourth in the league for a reason. City do play against PSG midweek. So you'd imagine even though they're at home, it's going to be a tough game for them. They're going to be a bit leggy. Um, so I think I'll probably play Antonio and, go with the uh the funner pick because ben white as great as he's been for me in terms of uh points here and there um he's about as dull as it gets he really is he really is um my my moves don't get any more exciting i'm i'm captain in salah and i'm probably gonna roll like I've, obviously i've got flags on jota and rafinha i did discuss on whatsapp I think it was a couple of days ago with you josh and with iceman about maybe doing a goalkeeper transfer i was looking at sanchez to ramsdale but I just think it's a bit of a waste. I think the power of having two transfers yeah. far outweighs that. So you never know what's going to come around no. the corner. And Ramsdale's fixtures aren't good enough, are they, at the moment, really, no. to make that move? And I do still think, you know, I know I downgraded to Davis this week to get Jota, but part of me still thinks I'm going to upgrade Davis, maybe to someone like King or back up to Tony. You know, when I when I've got some money, I can take out the team. So I just think having two transfers is going to be far more powerful because I, I don't like having Davis on the bench. I don't particularly like, obviously, I don't like Livramento this week. He's OK for ongoing game weeks. But yeah, I think I'm just going to wait. I'm quite happy with my team. If there's some injuries, I mean, if Rafinha is out, for example, I might actually look at a Palace midfielder. I might look at like, I probably still fancy Zaha more than Gallagher. Um, but I'd, I'd need to look into that a little bit more. Um, because mm. obviously my bench is very thin this week. So I think that's the only way I will use a transfer is if Rafinha is out. I think, um, I think you, I think you'll be all right with both Rafinha and Jota. I, th- I think so too. Rafinha's just, I'm just trying to make it sound more exciting, making, because yeah. we're all rolling and all captain in Salah. So I just, um, <laughs> I think Jota, from what I've heard, and I didn't see the game, he played on for a bit after the knock, didn't he? And then he came off, yeah. which yeah. is a lot better than coming straight off. So, yes. I, I, you know, you'd imagine Jota doesn't play in the Champions League. They're already through. I think they've already topped the group. So, I think I think both will be fine. Unless Rafinha's COVID, but I think we'd know by now if it was. 
Um, I, yeah, I thought we'd know by now, so let's not spread rumours just in case, just in case people believe you. But um, okay. yeah, so you can help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. And as I mentioned before, you can sign up for Fantasy Football Hub in the description of the podcast. And we will have YouTube back ASAP, I promise. Um, I've got a call with Iceman later in the week. He's going to hold my hand and we're going to get this get this all sorted. Um, but Sigurd, thank you so much for coming on this week. Thank you. It was great. It was a pleasure uh, talking with you guys. And yeah, had a good time. Yeah, no, we I did too. And honestly, breaking down each of those positions has been helpful. Obviously, I'm still rolling my transfer, but just with those game weeks coming so fast, we need to have it in our heads, you know, an idea mm. for which kind of players we're going to be targeting. Um, how can people find you on, on social media? Yeah, so I'm uh, at F-P-L-S-I-G-U-R-D. Uh, on Twitter, so that's at uh, FPL Sigurd. Uh, I also make a podcast in Norwegian uh, that I'd like to um, uh, get a shot for here. It's um, called Gull uh, och Grunde Pile. You can find it on Twitter at Grunde underscore Pile. Yeah, so that's that's me basically for for FPL stuff. See, this is why I want to learn Norwegian. So there'll be a whole world of podcasts that I can that I can listen to, um, <laughs> yeah. including including yours. Um, nice. But yeah, no, thank you very much. And Josh, you've just got one more thing to say. Up the pod. Up the pod. Up the pod. Up the pod.